Amen. Thank you, Hilary. Beautiful prayers. Thank you so much. And uh, we're so blessed to have so many gifts in this church. Um, just highlight this painting that uh, Patrick's done for us. Um, the next few weeks, we're going to be reflecting uh, on characters in the scriptures. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 talks about people who live by faith and uh, then describes them as a great cloud of witnesses who are kind of cheering us on, as it were. And that image of a great cloud of witnesses uh, is inspired Patrick, and we're grateful uh, for this painting. So we're going to hear about uh, one of those now. We're going to hear Bev and uh, Godwin going to come read to us about Abel. Adam made love to his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel also brought an offering fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favour. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were there in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied, am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Hebrew 11 from 1 to 4. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, 
Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. Um, I have a friend called Jonathan. We went to school together and uh, known him since he was eight years old. We were eight years old. And uh, he's Jewish. And I sent him a text. And uh, this week he said, Hi Dan, it's so kind of you to get in touch. It truly means so much to me. My brother and his family live in Israel and have cousins with children and grandchildren there too. My wife and I have three young relatives who have been called back to the army. They have eight kids between them. And all over the news are threats for some form of jihad and my wife and kids are extremely scared. It's been a very difficult and distressing week. The news is abhorrent. What I read and see is beyond sickening. I hope that all the innocent people, wherever they live, are able to find peace and security, but that is sadly a long way away. And uh, we had a inter- more of a conversation. The thing that blew me, struck me so much was that he, he was just so grateful that I sent him a text. <laughs> because his experience is that people who are not Jewish just kind of shrug their shoulders. They just don't get it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this week, anti-Semitic hate crimes in London whew, gone through the roof. And a lot of people just shrug their shoulders. And I just think, oh my goodness, didn't we learn anything from the Holocaust? It's awful. So, we're not taking sides, we're praying for peace. And then we come to this passage, which weeks ago, prepared to talk about today, and it just seems so appropriate, because the blood of the innocent is still crying out from the ground wherever that ground may be. Um, <clears throat> may know the story of Cain and Abel. We don't know that much about Abel. You know, sometimes we look at the bad guys more than we look at the good guys, and it can be helpful to look at the bad guys because sometimes they're more interesting. Uh, but also, we can learn how not to do it. When you look at Bible characters who are very, very flawed, and Cain is one of them. And we don't know much about Abel, but we know that he and Cain both brought an offering to God from what they had. Now, that was, that was good, that was fair enough. Abel kept the flocks and Cain worked the soil. And they gave God from what they had. Now we don't know what was wrong with Cain's offering as such. And you might think God's being a bit unfair here. We do know though that Abel's offering was the very best he could give. Fat portions from some of the firstborn of the flock he gave sacrificially his very best. What does giving God our best look like? 
What does it look like to give God your very best? Yesterday, I did something for the first time I've never done before. I ran for the running club, and I wore this vest, the Tunbridge Wells Harriers. I thought I might wear it this morning, but I decided against it. It hasn't been washed yet, and if anyone would like to smell it, they're very well. <laughs> it's a cross-country run, um, and, uh, you know, this was all club runners, so I was nearer the back than I was nearer the front. Um, and for me, giving my best just meant showing up <laughs> and being an also-ran. That was fine. I got through to the end. What does giving your best look like, whatever you may do? What does giving your best to God look like? Uh, you might think that that means really doing loads in church. And it might, but it might not. Some people focus on church and then they end up believing in churchianity rather than Christianity. What does giving God your best look like? Well, maybe it looks like today. What am I doing today? What do I have in my hands today? And what are my thoughts? And as Tom was reading those words, about building a house on a rock. What does that look like for me today? It won't look like what it looks like for you. And vice versa. But what does giving God our best sacrificially look like? A Cain brought from what he had. Abel brought from what he had. Do you remember the story of the widow that Jesus watched give her two small coins um, to the temple? offering and she said he said well her offering was more she gave all she had maybe it's more about our hearts than what we on the face of it bring giving God our best God looked on favor with favor on Abel now Cain came in second and we don't know what was wrong with that offering as such, but we do know that he reacted really, really badly. Anger came upon him. Do you ever have that experience? You know, the mist descends and the steam rises. The anger just... <laughs> or maybe it's jealousy or envy. Um, some kind of thing just comes. Woof! Where did that come from? But it on you. That's what happens to Cain. We're told his face was cast down. Rather than looking up to God and to God's face, he cast his face down. That's the choice that he made. Now, who knows that the number four comes after the number three? Are you with me? Thank you. Genesis chapter three is the chapter where humanity starts turning away from God. Adam and Eve take the fruit from the tree. Chapter 4, the very chapter after, uh, is when that disobedience to God continues. But they're still in fellowship with God. God hasn't abandoned his people. Abel is still choosing to live a life before God and with God. Cain has a choice, and God 
shows up and says that to him. He's still in conversation with God. Why are you angry? Why are you downcast? Why are you looking away from me now, Cain? Listen, yes, you came in second on this occasion, but if you do what's right, you'll be accepted. You've got another chance, Cain. There is an opportunity to get right with me. But there's also a warning here. If you don't do what's right, he says this, sin is crouching at your door. It's like a wild animal waiting outside the door to pounce as soon as we get out. Who do you have outside your front door? Maybe milk bottles. (laughs) Maybe your neighbor. Or maybe it's a wild animal. It's not a wild animal. Please, go outside your front door. It's fine. But the personification of sin brings to life that understanding that sin is there. When we're doing well, there is still always the danger that sin is right there. Now, I'm not trying to scare us, but we need to be vigilant. When we think, yeah, we're doing well as a church, we need to be vigilant about sin because sin can just slip in the door. Before you know it, it's pouncing on us. The devil prowls around, prowls around like a lion. It desires to have you. And there is constant battle with this. But you have a choice. We're told in Genesis 1 that people were made in God's image. And that meant that they're created with dignity. And we have a choice. And even after even Adam have sinned, turned away, you still have a choice. Today, we have a choice. We have a choice. We always do. How am I going to respond? How am I going to react? Am I going to retaliate? Am I going to play the game of the world? Or am I going to keep my eyes on the Lord? Eve strayed from God after a conversation with the serpent. She was deceived by the serpent. Cain then strays completely off track from God after a conversation with God. God's pleaded with him. He's in fellowship with God. And yet he walks straight out. Oh, come on, Abel, let's go and get out into the field. And he rises up and he kills his brother. Even though God has just warned him. And then God says, where, are, where, is, where is your brother? Again and again. Your brother. His brother. Again and again. Cain is reminded, Abel is his own flesh and blood. I don't know, he says. Complete lie. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? He's your problem, not my problem. Washing his hands of it, total denial. And then the Lord says, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. All blood that is spilt on the ground cries out. We were just hearing um, from a couple of people on the Alpha course were sharing about their trip to Auschwitz and how you go to Auschwitz. I've never been, but it's like the the very walls just cry out to you of the atrocities of the evil that took place there. And the ground cries out on behalf of 
the innocent people who've died, whoever they are. The Bible says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And you think, okay, well, Cain's going to get it then. He's going to die. But God is a God of grace. And that's not just in the New Testament. He's a God of grace all the way through. Now, there has to be a punishment. God does not just say, oh, well, that's okay, Cain. <laughs> there has to be a punishment. He comes under a curse, but he's brought it on himself. But he doesn't get killed. He says, oh, I'm going to get killed by so-and-so. No, you're not, God says. I'll place a mark on you to protect you. God is still a God of grace, even to Cain. God has not given up, even on Cain. Could Cain turn back to God? Yes, he could. Now, Cain expresses remorse when God says, you're going to be under a curse, you're going to be driven from the ground, and so on, and you'll be a restless wanderer. He expresses remorse. My punishment is more than I can bear. He feels terrible about it. But he doesn't express repentance. Do you know, it's possible that we're sorry for our sin because it makes us feel a bit rubbish. <laughs> but am I repentant? Repentance is when we turn away from it and we look it full in the face. We acknowledge truly what's going on and then we do the complete opposite. There's a difference between being sorry. You know, if I beat Tanya up, I might be sorry. But am I repentant? Will I do it again? I don't beat her up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's laugh about that. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Cain represents so much of humanity because what happens is the ground that was his gift to him, uh, was God's gift to him, that he was able to work on, that was his to nurture, no longer wanted him because he'd, he tainted it with blood. And so now, the ground was not going to work for him anymore. Do you know everything's connected? <laughs> the blood falls into the ground, and now the ground doesn't want to know the person who spilled that blood. And so now he's out, and he, 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 the, the ground won't give him what he needs. And he'll be a restless wanderer away, ultimately, from God's presence. He goes into the land of Nod. That sounds quite a nice place, doesn't it? The land of Nod. Maybe you go to the land of Nod in a sermon sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> it's not what we think, to be honest. The land of Nod, actually, is not a good place. Uh, it's no man's land. No man's land. You'll be restless and wandering in no man's land. How does this, does this not look like humanity most of the time? Restless, wandering, and not at home. Away from God's presence. They have the choice. We have the choice to turn back to God, but we choose not to. We keep our faces down. We look at the problem. We turn away from God, and we keep on going. But all the time, there is an invitation to come back home. To come back to God's presence. Believe it or not. And God still hadn't finished with Cain and his family. You can live east of Eden. You can live in the land of Nod. Or you can come back. Abel 
lived in God's presence. And we're told he still speaks today. But there's one more mention of the name of Abel in the Bible. It's in Hebrews chapter 12. The writer of Hebrews says this, Yes, the blood of Abel cries out. Cries out for some kind of redress. But the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. And it's a word of forgiveness. The blood of Jesus speaks the word which says, God takes sin upon him, upon his own shoulders. And his own blood is spilt for us. The blood of Jesus says that our guilt and shame is taken away. The blood of Jesus says that peace is a possibility, both with us and God and with each other. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word. And because of the blood of Jesus, we don't have to be in the land of Nod. We can be resting at home in God's presence. Because we're welcome in his presence. And do you know that you are welcome in his presence today? Do you know that God looks on you with favor today? Because of the blood of Jesus. Because it speaks a better word. And it's the word that the world needs to hear. The word of forgiveness. The miracle of forgiveness means that God is here right now. You're sitting here and I'm standing here as forgiven people. And his arms are open wide. So Holy Spirit, would you minister freely among us right now? We invite you to do exactly that. Come, Holy Spirit.
invite you to offer yourself to God this morning. To just bring yourself. He's just looking for a people who just come to him. The world needs Jesus. The world needs the Messiah. The world needs the Prince of Peace. We're his ambassadors. We've got to come back to him. If you've been wandering, if you've been restless, come back to God this morning. Invitation is to you. have a choice. We all do. Opportunity right now to come to God. This is who He is. This is who you are made in his image and you're made to give him glory so Lord we come to you give you our all this morning because you've given your all for us sending your son Jesus to die on a cross so that spilt blood might declare forgiveness healing and reconciliation and is that not what our world needs Lord have mercy Lord Jesus have mercy Holy Spirit come our Lord, you're making Jesus very real to us right now. Know that there's a better word being spoken over you today, a better word than you can imagine. It's the word of a father who loves you, being spoken over you today. Receive his word. Come Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Lord, we receive what you're doing. I thank you for the miracle. Your power at work that transforms lives that brings breakthrough that brings change where things, situations seem impossible we worship you Lord
we don't want to go from here unless you lead us. We don't want to go anywhere unless you're leading us. Bless you, Lord. If you're able, I invite you to stand. Give yourself to God this morning. God is our refuge and strength, ever-present help in trouble. Come to him this morning.